This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. At the beginning of August, former President Jacob Zuma was back in court the latest chapter in his ongoing legal standoff with the state and journalist Karen Morn. It comes after he suffered a setback in his attempt to privately prosecute Morn for publishing information relating to his release on medical parole last year. But Morn isn't the only journalist hauled before the courts in recent months, raising fears of a new and controversial strategy to silence the media. Press freedom is the cornerstone of a healthy democracy. For journalists working in a country like South Africa, we know just how precious that freedom is. Now, after 30 years of democracy, the media freedom that underpins it appears under threat. I just felt like someone had punched me in the gut. We were looking at potentially costly legal battles and the very real threat of being locked up. Now, a trove of documents showing ties between that mortgage. Zuma laid a criminal charge against Advocate Downey. It's been an unusually tense few months for a number of journalists as they face unprecedented interference from some rich and powerful people they report on. They don't want South Africans to know what they get up to behind closed doors, in the shadows. Senior legal journalist Karen Morn has been covering the legal battles of former President Jacob Zuma for almost two decades. From the time that I started the case, I think I'm the last reporter left that has covered this case consistently. Zuma's been fighting corruption charges since 2005, and now he was coming for Karen, all because of a story she'd written. He accused state prosecutor advocate Billy Downer of leaking a confidential medical document to her which she used as the basis for the piece. You know, I received notification from a lawyer representing the former president. This young woman called me and said, we need to know your address so we can serve summons on you. And I felt sick. I I just got goosebumps as you said that. I literally, I felt like someone had punched me in the gut. If found guilty, she faced a maximum sentence of 15 years in jail. Karen turned to her news editor, Peter Detoy, for advice. We absolutely had to defend Karen, who was only doing her job. If we let Karen hang out to dry, it would have meant that we would have betrayed not only our profession, but we would have betrayed democracy. And he said to me, they don't get your address. Everything goes through the lawyers. Mr. Zuma's summons is an attempt to discredit Ms. Morn, to silence her, and to prevent her from reporting on the progress of his criminal trial. With News 24's legal team behind her, she'd take the fight to Zuma in the High Court. Across town, a small investigative team faced a massive legal challenge of their own for daring to report on well-connected businessman Zunaid Moti. For over a decade, Amabongani's garnered a reputation for hard-hitting exposés by investigative journalists like Micah Reddy. An anonymous source leaked thousands of confidential documents that formed the basis for a series of exposés dubbed the Moti Files. So a lot of what was in those documents pointed to an improper relationship with uh, the Zimbabwean president and, and potential 
fraud and corruption in other areas. So these are the, some of the things that we've explored, and there's a lot more to come. Before publishing, Amabongani offered the Moti group the right to respond to their allegations. Moti and the group denied any wrongdoing. They also accused Amabongani of being in possession of stolen documents. So we thought they were trying to get at who our source was. And they kept insisting that we hand over the documents. And of course, as ethical journalists, we wouldn't do that. Uh, source confidentiality is a fundamental principle of, of journalism. Amabongani are liars. They're part of a theft. And they're trying to cover it up using tabloids that they're linked to. Their refusal to hand back the documents enraged Zunaid Moti. In June, he escalated the fight when he asked a judge to gag Amabongani from publishing further stories. Not only was the request granted, but they were told to return the documents within 48 hours. And shockingly, it all happened ex parte. What does it mean that it was granted ex parte? It means that the Moti group went to court secretively without us even knowing and without us being allowed to even present our arguments. It was pretty unprecedented in, in uh, democratic South Africa um, because it amounts to pre-publication censorship. It's censorship outright. The Moti group argued that an ex parte interdict was a common mechanism to secure stolen documents. They argued that Amabongani contradicted themselves and whether they in fact had the documents. But for media professor Anton Harbour, it was a clear example of a slap suit. Slap cases that stand for strategic litigation against public participation. It's the name that's been given for cases where the intention is not to seek justice or even to win the case, but to make life difficult. Um, for journalists or critics of any sort. Journalists must, in the public interest, be able to use leaks that come to them. And the idea of, of hearing a case like this ex parte was outrageous. Amabongani challenged the ex parte order in the High Court. Only time would tell if they or Moti would prevail. Meanwhile, if facing a 15-year jail term wasn't enough, Karen was also subjected to vicious abuse. I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of sort of paralyzing fear. I mean, I got so many threats on social media. You must be raped and murdered. Um, die, die, you know, all that kind of stuff. After that summons was issued, how did your life change? Well, I used to walk into that courtroom in Peter Maritzburg. I've been going there for years as a reporter. And suddenly I had to get bodyguards. I went to my parents. My parents are both very elderly and my mom is visually impaired. Um, and I essentially had to ask my... Sorry, guys. Um, essentially, my, my, my parents were kind of looking after me you know, and I'm in my 40s. I'm a type 1 diabetic. It played havoc with my diabetes. I was going into comas, which my parents had to pull me out of. You know, even now, like I walk out in the street and I'm, I think a car's gonna run me over. Or, you know, if I, if I feel people behind me, I think they're gonna shoot me in the head. It's completely unnatural and paranoid and crazy. Karen wasn't the only journalist feeling threatened. For Micah, the fear of arrest affected not just him, but his young family too. But 
That whole thing from about April, when we had to clear out of the house um, because of security threats and concerns, that's all been a bit much, I think. There was a very real risk of arrest. Uh, our lawyers had cautioned us. At times, um, it could be nerve-wracking, precisely because you, well, you worried not only about your own safety, but that of people around you. The anxiety was overwhelming as judgment in these two cases loomed. The Morting Group and Amapungane are headed for a legal show. Judgment will be handed down today in the private prosecution case against journalist Karen Vaughan. That verdict will be delivered in the High Court in Peter Marisburg. At stake, not just Karen's personal liberty, but nothing less than the future of media freedom in South Africa. Did I ever think that the former president was going to try and put me in jail for 15 years for doing my job? No, I didn't. What I did think astounding was, you know, the former president's lawyers telling a court that using court documents to report was somehow potentially worse than murder. What she did was absolutely standard practice in journalists covering court cases, um, and which is why it was an attack on standard journalistic practice. The full bench of the Peter Maritzburg High Court agreed. They went into the merits of Jacob Zuma's case against both myself and Billy Downer, and they eviscerated it on every single point. For a court of law to basically say that this private prosecution is an abuse that has been pursued for an ulterior purpose to silence Karen Morn was incredibly gratifying for me and it made me want to keep doing my job, to keep going. The court was just as blunt in Amabongani's case. It was an excoriating judgment. I mean, it just, it absolutely hammered them. Judge Sutherland mentioned nine times that this was an abuse of the court process. It was a very cynical abuse of the courts in a desperate attempt to avoid this information being further reported on. But the fight isn't over. The Moti Group told us it's appealing, saying judges are allowed to get things wrong and appeal courts exist for a reason. So Amabongani is strategizing with their lawyers about the next steps to take. So we have an application before the Constitutional Court, which we'll, we'll deal with in, in due course. Karen's legal troubles aren't over either. Former President Jacob Zuma is appealing. With battle lines drawn, the struggle continues. Are more companies and individuals abusing the courts to further their bullying and silencing of journalists in South Africa? We'd love to know your thoughts on the state of our country's press freedom, so let's chat about it more online. That's another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast, done and dusted. Remember to follow and subscribe to our show on Spotify and all other major podcasting platforms. Have something to say? Join the conversation using hashtag carte blanche on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok.